0: everyone. Praise the Lord. Grab a seat. It seems like a rowdy bunch today. That's a good thing. You're uh, communicating and talking with each other, living lives with one another. Today's sermon is going to be a plot twist. We're going to speak about plot twists, and then I'm going to Plot Twist the Sermon. As you can see, there are some stools up here, and so I'll just give you one little hint. One of them is for me, and that's the only hint I'm going to give you. But we are talking today about plot twists. We're studying through the book of Nehemiah, which have you been surprised by this book? I know I went in just thinking, oh yeah, this is the guy that builds the wall. But I have really fallen in love with Nehemiah and this whole story and the various plot twists that we see in the text of scripture. You know, plot twists can sometimes be a really good thing. They could be a tragic thing. They could just be an indifferent thing. And some of you in here like change. If I said, we're gonna do some changes, how many of you would be excited about that? Like, oh, lean in. Like, what are we gonna do? How many of you would be like, I don't care what it is. No, we're not changing. No, no change. Don't change anything. So whatever it is, there are plot twists in life. Some of them are good. For instance, baptisms. We're gonna do baptisms in a couple weeks. And that's a moment in our church where we can celebrate a plot twist in someone's life. If you you have never been baptized, um, by way of invitation, we'll invite you. In two weeks, October 23rd, if your life has plot twisted and you're following the Lord in your life, you've never been baptized, we would love to baptize you. If you've been baptized, maybe as a kid, or as a baby, or just a a while ago, and, and you've had a plot twist in your own life, in a good way, and you've been following the Lord, and you would look back and say, I'm in a different place. Well, then it's a, it's a great thing to, to think through that. Maybe, maybe the Lord is going to put it on your heart to get baptized in a couple weeks. These are examples of plot twist. And I want to turn your attention to the book of Nehemiah. I'll first give you my title for today, and then we'll read a scripture. The title for today is, Remain Faithful to God in the Plot Twists of Life. And if you look at Nehemiah chapter 5, if you want to turn there, we're going to read just two verses, Nehemiah 5, 14 and 15. And this is where Nehemiah has another plot twist in his life where he becomes the governor. So you probably, so far in this story, you probably just thought, okay, here's this guy. He's he's a cupbearer to a king in a foreign land. Maybe he has his five-year plan, his 10-year plan, his 20-year plan of what a cupbearer to a foreign king looks like, and then one day, how many of our stories in our own lives start off with, and then one day, I think of like some tragedies that maybe have happened in your life. Just on one day, a bunch of things changed. Or on one day, uh, we got a new foster baby into our life. Hi, little Luca. Um, or one day started a new business, or one day something changed, either for the good or tragedy, and here we are. Are we going to be faithful in the plot? twists of life. I see Nehemiah as someone who is very faithful. He hears back from Jerusalem that Jerusalem is in ruins. The gates are, are burned with fire. The whole walls are all crumbled. And he is cut to the heart and he has this sense of like, I need to go. I need to be the visionary leadership and gather people and we need to rebuild those walls. And so he has a conversation with the king that he's bearing a cup to. It seems like this relationship was some sort of like cabinet. He was some sort of advisor to the king. They have a conversation He tells the king, I I want to go to Jerusalem. King says, how long will you be there? They set a time, and he goes. And then he gets to Jerusalem. 52 days later, the walls are built. People are high-fiving each other. The job is done. And then another plot twist. He doesn't go right back to the king's palace in a foreign land. Instead, he stays, and he becomes a the governor of the land. And so I want to read you that passage and look at the faithfulness here. It's just two verses of Nehemiah becoming the the governor. Would you stand with me as we read from the word of God and be listening to the faithfulness of Nehemiah in this little passage here. So the walls are just about to be done and this happens, Nehemiah 5.14. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be governor in the land of Judah. So what's he appointed to be? The governor. Until his 32nd year, just some time frame here of like when the king was, for 12 years, he says 12 years, and then he says this, neither I nor my brothers, my, like my family, ate the food allotted to the governor. There must have been some uh, allotment of food, maybe it was like an ultimate buffet for every meal. Uh, whatever it was, we're gonna see, that it, was, it was a burden and it was a tax on the people because he says, we didn't, we didn't take that food. But the earlier, verse 15, but the earlier governors that preceded me placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver in addition to food and wine and their assistance lorded it over the people. But then this sentence, pay close attention to this last sentence. This is the heart of Nehemiah. This is the heart of someone who is faithful to God despite these different plot twists in life. He says, but out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Lord, we pray to you. Standing here as people that have. we look back and we see plot twists in our own life, we look forward and, Lord, we don't know what's next. We don't know what uh, good plot twists. We don't know what um, maybe tragedy is next. Lord, we pray against that. But, Lord, we know that in life, Lord, there's plot twists. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be faithful people no matter what happens. Faithful people, even in opposition. Faithful people on our best days. Faithful people in the valley. Faithful people on the mountaintops of this life. Lord, that is our prayer. We will be faithful. And so, though we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people, shouted. Amen. All right, everybody but Linda and John can be seated. Linda and John, come up here. These seats are for you. I'll take my seat right here. Guys, do you know Linda and John? You're going to get to know Linda and John. Linda and John have been faithful members of our congregation. They have been successful in life. They've been faithful They have had plot twists, and one of them we're going to talk about today, Uh, they're going to share a little bit of their story. One of them was a tragedy, and the Lord has given them the gift of faithfulness, and they're healthy people, and I mean that in all different types of ways, spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy. Uh, physically healthy. John and Linda eat right. They're healthy. John was on the... He, he, he was on the incline this morning. And I was like, this morning? And he said, yeah, this morning. And I said, this morning? And he said, yeah. And, said, yeah. and uh, I just think of faithful people, people that I would want to listen to if I was going through a plot twist of my own life. So I have some questions for you. And so this sermon will be a panel. I hope that you can lean in. And because I thought I could teach you about plot twists and being faithful, or I could just let a story come out. And I thought of these two people as far as a story of being faithful to God. So give a warm welcome to John and Linda first. <laughs> you guys are awesome. So here's the first question. I think we'll, we'll do ladies first. and You can answer the same question. But it's about call. What does call look like in your life? And I'll, I'll direct the first one to Linda. Uh, Linda, you said as a little girl, you would have a nurse's like stethoscope toy, and you would be uh, reading your little doll baby's heart rate. Um, take us from that picture to today. What has call looked like in your life? Okay. <laughs> what a way wow. to start, right? Yeah.
1: So, yes, from a little girl, if anybody asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I always said, I want to be a missionary nurse. A missionary nurse. Yes. So I didn't want to just heal the people around me, I wanted to heal the whole world. God, I'm
0: going to cry. You can cry. We might all be crying by the end. Linda and I and John were at a coffee shop talking through what we were going to talk about. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to need these. We'll just put them in the middle. You know what?
1: I'm crying because of that song, God's Love Pursues Me. And I can just see how God's love has yeah. pursued us and myself through the years. But I want this to be about you guys, too. So I want you to think about what you wanted to be when you were little. Maybe your life was so convoluted, <laughs> convoluted your childhood, that you couldn't see it. But, <clears throat> but Paul said, God separated me from my mother's womb. And look at Paul's childhood. He was mm. killing, yeah. killing uh, Christians. So think about what you wanted to be. I wanted to be in the field of health. And so I went on to become a nurse, to work for a health company, to uh, deliver babies all over the world, do bear mullings in Alaska, be a missionary nurse in India. It's always been my thread healing. um, And my organization now is called Heavenly Hope and Healing. So that thread has gone through my whole life.
0: So in the tapestry of life, Linda's thread, and maybe all of us could look back and say, oh, a thread through life was, for her, like giving the gift of like healing, healing in some way. And that's how you met John. You were in Alaska. You met John in Alaska. You were up there for a Bible college. I was a missionary
1: nurse, and he was at the Bible college.
0: They met, and they told me that six weeks later, they were engaged.
1: We met on a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> he was blind. Six weeks. I was the date. No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, guys. It's the other way around. John, a similar question, uh, and, and kind of on the theme of plot twists. Uh, you started a career in, like, you wanted to be a, a Bible college teacher. Tell us the story that you told me of, like,
2: a twist the Lord sent your way. Well, actually, you know, that desire didn't start when I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, I wanted to be Superman. <laughs> How many That's other good. boys? <laughs> Yeah, I would actually put the bed right in front of the window and try to fly in case I didn't get through the window. I'd land on the bed, you know. But anyway, but, you know, after I became a Christian, um, it just seemed like God really motivated me to go to Bible college. And in Bible college, I really uh, saw that God had given me a gift for teaching. And so I wanted to teach uh, at a Bible college, and I went to seminary, and after seminary, I actually got hired at a Bible college, which was surprising, but uh, it was Big Sky Bible College in Lewistown, Montana, and so, you know, I taught uh, Bible and a couple of theology courses there, and after a year, um, this is why they hired me, the Bible, the Bible college went bankrupt. So <laughs> all the smart people had already bailed, you know, <laughs> but, Anyway, but uh, I had gotten, in the midst of that, promoted to assistant to the president while I was teacher, and it just, it just kind of morphed into me being administrator of the bankruptcy, and I really believed the vision from God was to retool the Bible college back to its original charter and start the college up again, and we worked at it really hard for two years. And uh, at the end of two years, uh, we didn't meet our enrollment quota that we had set for ourselves, and Mm. that was the end of it. And it was a huge, huge disappointment for me. It was probably one of the biggest disappointments in my life after putting all that energy into it. And, you know, looking back, I think one thing that I realized is that um, I had a vision from God, but really I think I was giving God my vision. Mm. And he didn't accept it. And, uh, you know, I think that's a real lesson to know what God wants you to do before you do it. But to me, that was so hard. I was so disappointed in God. But it kind of boiled down to, you know, I think of like when the disciples were leaving, followers of Jesus were leaving him. And he turns to Peter and he says, are you going to leave me too? And Peter said, where else can I go? Only you have the words of life. Hmm. That's really the way I felt is that uh, he was the only course that I could stay on. Yeah. We're going to, for a
0: minute, stay on this theme of like a plot twist of life uh, turning into tragedy. We, we see this in the book of Nehemiah where Nehemiah, I assume, goes out to Jerusalem with good intentions. He's going to rebuild the wall. He's going to do this good thing for the Lord and for the, his own people and he, last week's sermon, was on opposition. Like these guys, Sambalot, Gershom, Tobiah, they come against him, they make fun of him and mock him, but then even more so, they, they want to kill him, they want to end his life, and they want to crush the good thing that he's doing in Jerusalem. He hits opposition. For Nehemiah, he works through this, and he's faithful till the end. I mean, we see him continuing to be faithful, the Lord blesses him, and the Lord is in it. But I want to bring this question to you guys, because when I first met you, uh, Linda, you said you had a ministry for moms who had lost a child. And I, I quickly put one and one together and said, you, you must have been a mom that has lost a child. And so as I'm starting to cry, would you um, share the story? They lost their son, Josiah, in 1998, and he, it was to suicide and um, maybe, maybe both of you can just share some of the events surrounding that, and and don't leave us there. But but we'll take this sermon to ultimately to the place of faithfulness, the Lord's faithfulness in the midst of as a father of four boys. Like I can't imagine a worse tragedy. So,
1: so Nehemiah went from the royal palace to the broken walls, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some of you have been there. So for us, we felt we had the ideal family. We Our kids loved the Lord. They they put on dog shows for the whole neighborhood. They put on <laughs> parades for the whole neighborhood. They were very creative. We didn't raise them with TV. We were out in the country in Woodland Park on a couple acres. And they just always um, yeah. did a lot of fun and loving things together. And then my 15-year-old son shot himself. Hmm. And he was that little Eeyore in our family, um, The kind of nerdy one and the gifted programs and, you know, the the easy target at school. Mm. And, but he loved the Lord. And the blessing in that, and when he shot himself was like he shot our whole family, not physically, of course, but we were all laying in pieces trying to figure out how to put our lives back together after that. Um, I can tell about it now, but do you want to share about that time?
2: Well, I was away on a business trip and my flight was canceled and so I called to tell Linda that I wouldn't be home and uh, a friend answered the phone. I thought, what are you doing there? You know, and and right away he said, I'm going to put Linda on and she told me that Josiah had killed himself and uh, I just kind of dropped my coffee all over my feet and fell against the phone and Mm. hung up on her. Not the right thing to do, but it wasn't (laughs) intentional, but anyway... um, and that was like uh the night from hell, you know I mean, I spent the night uh, walking up and down uh, mm. dragging my suitcase behind me in uh, uh anybody know which airport this is ning ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> Las Vegas, right? oh gosh, oh, <laughs> not gosh. my favorite airport, and I came home and to a house full of mourners and mm. just kind of to. Abbreviated, let's just say, I remember saying, um, I I never knew that a human could experience this much pain.
0: Yeah, um, you guys told me that um, he shot himself and while he was dying, he, he wrote a letter which was a real source of encouragement somehow to you in the days, weeks, and even years to come.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm a hospice nurse, so I've been with a lot of people when they die, and I've seen people see Jesus. But I never thought my 15-year-old son would write about seeing Jesus mm. after he shot himself. But my 12-year-old found him, which was another ho- horrible thing, in our in our house. And um, and that 12-year-old that same night patted me on the back and said, don't worry, Mom, God's going to bring something good out of this. <laughs> and, you know, the wisdom. But anyway... <laughs> So um, so we found this note by his bed, and it had blood on it, but it looked like a little kid's writing, and we didn't know about the 15-minute time period at that point. So I folded it up and put it in my drawer and just kind of forgot about it. And then um, one day, you know, when I, when I share conferences, I have this, this slide of this book, and the lady's laying in bed, and the title of the book is How to Get Out of Bed. <laughs> That's kind of how we felt, you know. We needed to know how just to get out of bed every morning, take the next breath, the next step. So I was in bed, and I was playing Russian roulette with my Bible, and I came across this verse, and and I'd just gotten the autopsy report, no drugs or anything, but the 15-minute period from the time he shot himself to the time he passed. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, God, what happened during that 15-minute period? Mm -hmm. And I opened my Bible, Russian roulette, and I said, and I came to that verse, it's really about Israel, but it says, I found you lying in your blood, and I said, live. And I washed the blood from you, placed a crown upon your head, and you became mine. It's Ezekiel something, 16 yeah. maybe. Yeah. And um, I was like, whoa, God just met me right there. I, I saw him, I said, live, and he came, became mine. Hmm. So that would have been great, but I opened the drawer, and there was that note. Now knowing the 15 minute period, it made sense why the spelling was incorrect, why there were no spaces between the words, why uh, it looked like a little kid's writing, and it was like a magic eye picture, it all came into focus. And it said, free at last, thank God I free, Oh, you mighty, oh, you loving, I am free, Father above all others, say the word. and I had just read the word, I saw you lying and I said live. And, um, but that, what I've learned since from that, weird twist is that those are the three most important things I need to know about God is that he's mighty, he's loving, and he's in a relationship with me because any of them by themselves would not be good or would be nice but yep. not great. So, yeah, that was a, a rare gift to us.
0: Yeah. John, would you help us through the days and weeks, maybe even months after because now, I mean, if you guys know the Schellmers, you, you, this might be the first time you've even heard that they lost their son years ago. Because they seem—I mean, I, I see you as a, a fun couple. I, I, especially Linda, she's just the life of the—I am fun listener. About to her. me, I am fun. You're doing the incline at what time in the morning? He's fun, but in a different way. Like I see you as very healthy people. But the Lord, the Lord brought you through a valley, and, and we'll get to the point, because I, I see you now, both of you, as people that are going back into the valley to help others through. But help us through, help us through that, those, those days and weeks, the, the months, even the years after.
2: Well, I mean, if any of you have been through anything like that, you know that for quite a while, you're just in survival mode. You just want to be able to uh, take another breath. Yeah. And um kind of the short version is is like you know maybe five days later, I was reflecting on a Sunday school class that I'd been in, and the teacher said, "I believe that uh, the greatest test of faith is when life is terrible, you can still believe that God is good, and so i I, I just committed myself to believing that God was good, and I would say, you know it made me like in the first week or so um." <clears throat> I remember just praying and and I just said to God, you know, if if I can't somehow sense your presence every morning that you're with me for every day, it's like, why bother even going through the day? It doesn't make any sense. And so then and there, I committed to uh, reaching out to God every morning. And I would say that over the years, um, what God did for me and for both of us is, we, we had a nice Christian existence, and he took that death and gave us real life. Hmm. And I tell people, when I, I know I work with Grief sure, I tell them, I said, you know what? When I get to heaven, I don't want to tell my son that his death destroyed me. I want to tell him that his death taught me how to live.
0: Hmm. Well. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one <laughs> asking the questions here said. I'm just crying. Um, I, I see you guys as people, like I said, bringing others through the valley. Uh, John and Linda have written uh, books. Uh, Linda has a ministry to specifically moms who uh, have lost children. John has worked with Grief Share, uh, um, a, a, a group sharing um, program where people grieving anything come and they share. And John's a facilitator and um, I see you guys as very healthy. You've worked through those those very dark days. Tell us. Um, tell. I guess we're all kind of wondering, like, what do you do now to help those who have walked through journeys such as yours?
1: So my organization is called Heavenly Hope and Healing. We have support groups for moms on a monthly basis, and then we also have conferences twice a year. Uh, we just finished one in August at the Glenary Castle. A weekend conference, and moms come in so sad, and they they leave with hope, and mm-hmm. their whole countenance changes, and I get all these texts about it. they're playing music oh. again, they're doing mm-hmm. this again. Um, and then we just got back from the East Coast, where we were presenters at an East Coast conference on Jersey Shores, the same kind of conference. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So.
0: You said something the other day, you said it, it was years before you were ever in some sort of a grief-share Uh, group, or tell us about your first experience at one of these conferences for moms, uh, and what that was like going to those.
1: Okay, so someone invited me to one of these conferences. They were only at that time on the East Coast and West Coast, and it was How many
0: years after?
1: hmm, Probably six. Okay. Um, And... I went and it was like somebody from Germany going to German club all of a sudden everybody there speaks your language.
0: As you see said it was like as if you're learning German and then all by yourself and then you go to like a club or to Germany itself and it's like oh here's all these people like doing the same thing that's how you felt yeah, with all these other moms that knew to your language. How
1: I felt you could yeah. just look in each other's eyes and knew you know how they yeah. felt. So Uh, At the second conference, that was my first one, the second one, I had a bird fly into my room, a sparrow, and I was, I was... A literal bird, like into your hotel room. I asked the people there if they've ever had birds in the room, and they said no. (laughs) And then someone in my support group had a bird fly into her room that night, uh, a sparrow. And so everybody in my suicide support group at that conference fell to their death. Kid jumped off a crane, one jumped off a high rise, one, two jumped off, fell off a balcony and prayed, or jumped off a balcony and prayed. And the speaker's son dropped off, jumped off the Coronado Bridge. And and I'm like, well, Lord, what's this? This has never happened. And that's when the Lord said, um, When a sparrow falls, I want you to write a book and call it When a sparrow falls. Hmm. They didn't fall to the ground, they fell into Jesus' hands. So yeah. that second conference uh, helped me write the yeah. book. So your book
0: that book. you wrote is called,
1: um, a sparrow, a sparrow falls, falls, and the second one is the sparrow flies, and the third one—I mean, a sparrow sings, sings. the sparrow sings. Third one. Is You're
0: sparrow. working on a third book now. It's written. We just got to go oh, to the hard part. Oh. Last time it. we talked, it hadn't <laughs> well, been done. I think we've got it. <laughs> anyway,
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah,
0: John. What about you? Where Where are you helping? I see you as someone who helps people through. To tell
2: us about what you do. You know, I guess I'm kind of more of. Um, what comes my way, and that's what I do, yeah. you know, and um, that's just kind of my MO, is I just, I'll, I'll give you a little quick illustration. Yeah. I'm running down Bar Trail. Today. No, no, this was, <laughs> oh, that was today, but this wasn't today. Another. Anyway, and there was a $10 bill in the, um, in the, in the, in the, on the path. Uh-huh. And I picked it up and I put it in my pocket and I thought, you know, I'm sure I've lost a lot of $10 bills in my life. It's probably mine. And it's all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like God said, wouldn't it be fun if you found the person that owned this? And I run like another hundred yards and there's this gal off to the side looking through her backpack. And uh, I said, right, did you lose something? And she goes, well, I, yeah, I'm kind of looking for it. And I pull it out and I go, is this it? She goes, oh, thank you so, so much, you know. And so then I just ran off, you know. And God said, wait a minute, I'm not through. And so I stopped at maybe 100 feet. I turned around and she's coming up to me and she is crying. Hmm. And so it's just like the short story is I told her, I said, God did this for you just to show you how much he cares. Hmm. You know, and I just really, you know, I told Joe earlier, uh, you know, my I do affirmations. I'll share this with you now. One of my affirmations is I'm looking for the good deed God has placed in my path today. I make a difference in the world. Hmm. And I think that making a difference in the world doesn't have to be anything that is earth shattering. It's just people shattering, you know, and encountering people and pointing them toward God. Yeah,
0: yeah. John maybe we have time for one more question. and um, I, th- I think of you told me the other day that you wanted to encourage the congregation with even little things that we do, as as we are all called to help people as when we see someone going through a plotless plot twist in their life that is one of tragedy, even little things we do can be of huge value and comfort. Would you tell us the story of just the guy you wrote a couple letters to that lost his wife?
2: Well, this was um, like maybe a year after Josiah died and um, he was the guy in our church and his wife had died. And like maybe a month afterward, I sent him a, a card and just I made some notations about what I'd written in my journal a month after Josiah died. And then I did it again, like maybe after three or four months. And I think I may have taken him out to lunch once and a while later, I'm driving by his house and he's outside with two people. And so I stopped to say hi. And it was his wife's parents. And he, and he turns to them and says, this is John who helped me so much after Sharon died. And I go, two
0: letters and a yeah. lunch.
2: Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> wow. it's yeah. surprising. You touch somebody's life with your life, with the reality of where you're really at in your life. And it can make such a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Amen. Man, well, As we respond this morning, um, one of the psalms that, that um, keeps coming back uh, in, in my own life, and you guys mentioned this when we met last week, was Psalm 40. Um, I want to read this psalm for us. Would you, maybe Linda or John, just kind of say why this psalm is, is so important to you?
1: See put a new song in our hearts. Yeah, I put right? a new
0: song in my mouth. So. Hymn of praise to our God. And then it says, Many are gonna see and fear and know the Lord because of the song that, that we've been given.
1: Right. And that's one of the reasons my book is called The Sparrow Sings, because I think you can be taught a new song in your in your mm. trials and troubles. And, yeah. And you have to, you know, anybody have that old red book, uh, music book, here we go up a road to a birthday party. You have to try things to see, you know, if, if you like them or if you don't like them. And that's my gift and that's not my gift, you know. And you just keep practicing the piano and finding your new song.
2: Yeah. Well, and I'd say too, and, and I'll just kind of do this as quick as, as possible, but at one point God helped us work through a mission statement for us. And it's just very short, six words, receive life, live life, and give life. And um, the receive life part is, you know, after Josiah's death, uh, I wanted to have a life. I didn't want my life to be destroyed. I wanted, I wanted joy again. I wanted happiness again. And so my part of receiving life is I committed to just reaching out to God every day. I begin every day. With I write down at least three things that I'm thankful to him for that happened the previous day. And then I get in his word. And a lot of times I just say, God, show me something that I need to know about you or something I need to know about me. Or Jesus, explain the father to me. And, you know, it's not every day, but I say the majority of days, God shows me something about himself that I didn't know. And uh, the, the, the live life is, you know, we just found that God wants us to enjoy the life he's given us. He wants us to enjoy the, whatever prosperity or gifts or favor he gives to us. And part of me, for me, enjoying life is, you know, doing the incline. <laughs> I know it's hard to imagine for some people, but that's, <laughs> but, you know, and honestly, there have been days where I'm driving my car and I go, I can't believe I feel this good about life. And I know it's <laughs> from the Lord. And, and that's God giving us the life that he wants us to have. And then receive life, live life, give life is just encountering whoever God brings our way, you know, working with grief share and, and seeing people come to life there, working with the heavenly hope and healing, seeing people come to life there.
0: Yeah, praise God. Well, let's thank John and Linda for sharing. Would you, would you guys stand with me? I'm going to read as a reflection this Psalm 40. And the band, you can, you can come forward as well. Um, kind of reset the area here. Psalm 40 is, is one, um, the first five verses talk about, well, the first verse talks about how I waited patiently for the Lord. And uh, many, I think, self-help, like secular self-help will say, like, well, you don't wait for anything. You got to go out there and you got to get it. But but what if you can't? What if you are in a place of um, truly you're at brokenness, you're in tragedy? Well then then we wait. We wait patiently for the Lord. And so I'm going to read through this psalm as a prayer, and then we're going to go to the table together. But Psalm 40 says that I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. And it says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and know the Lord and they'll put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud or turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you've planned for us. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, God, they would be too many to declare. So Lord, right now we, we pray to you and we, we, we somehow know that no matter what is next, what, no matter what is tomorrow, we, we, we know that even in the worst plot twists, even in the best plot twists, the highest mountain, the lowest lows. Lord, you are with us. And so, Lord, we stand here waiting. And now, Lord, we we come to your table. New Life Manitou, in your baskets, there's uh, some little cups. And I invite you to uh, take one of those out. They, They look like this. It's a bread and a cup. And we're gonna share this together. This is an open table. Anybody in here that is believes in Jesus, if you're waiting on the Lord, if you say, I don't, I don't know what to do, Lord, but I know that you are the solution. I know that you are watching over me. Well, then you are invited to receive this morning. And so if you would take the bread out first, Jesus said some powerful words. He says that he is the bread of life. And so as we look at this bread, we consider it, we, we think that we're we, we're... Some of us maybe feel unworthy, but he makes us worthy. He's the bread of life. He is the one whose body was broken for us, and it's with thanksgiving that we receive. Let's receive it together. On the last day of Jesus' life, uh, the last meal he would share with his friends, his followers, his disciples, he took a cup, and he, he said, this is a cup of a new covenant. My blood is shed for the forgiveness of sins of the world, and so we, as New Life to this congregation, we, we take the cup and we lift it and we say, Lord, we thank you for your gift shed for us, your, your gift of life shed for us. Let's receive the cup together. Amen. Well, as we sing this one last song, would you reflect on the Lord? And we say to you, Lord, would you make us like yourself, Lord? We give you our hearts in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: within. Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the wind of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? behind your regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the end You yeah. yeah. Christ's been paid. Oh, what a savior! Isn't he wonderful? Sing, Hallelujah! Christ is risen to the altar the father's arms are open. Cross as you wait for the crown tell the world of the treasure you found
0: so Lord that is our prayer that we will tell the world of the treasure we found that we have you inside of us and Lord, no matter where we've come from, the, the twists of life and no matter what lies ahead of us, Lord, we have a treasure inside of us. That's you, your mercy, your grace. And so, Lord, we, we look to the next day and tomorrow and, and years from now, and Lord, we, this is our prayer. Lord, may we be faithful to you in life through the plot twists of life. Lord, your faithfulness is over us as a congregation, over us as individuals, over this city. Lord, we praise you and we give you our full worship in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, as we leave from here, uh, uh, me and uh, Brett, I'm gonna ask the shell hammers to come down and to pray with anyone that wants to come forward and receive prayer, just receive a blessing, come on forward. A couple more announcements, if you're new or newish or if you've been coming for a while, maybe years, but you never filled out a card Fill it out. Let's get you on the email list. We, We do a lot of communication that way. So fill it out. They're in your baskets with as much or as little information as you want to give us we have a New Life Manitou Men's Ministry. We call it M3 Manitou Men's Ministry. It meets on the second and fourth Thursday. So this Thursday is the second uh, Thursday. So we will meet right here, 6.30. We'll feed you all. We have a testimony. Someone's going to share a testimony right here, 6.30 for all the men. And then uh, this month, October 23rd, we are going to do baptisms. It'll be a shorter service that Sunday. And then our tradition is to go outside. We we get a, a big trough. It's a horse trough of warm water, very warm water, because we don't know what October 23rd is going to look like. And we will baptize as many people as want to show this congregation and the Lord that their lives have plot twisted around the life of Jesus. So as you leave today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.